We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, friends. Welcome back to our second straight episode of Group Therapy. This is Kirk Henderson. I'm editor-in-chief of MavsMoneyBall.com. I apologize for the late start, even though it was a late game, later than I intended it to be. Had to do some writing after the game, which I had forgotten about. Uh, For those of you who are listening on the recording the next day, it's about 11.30 on Sunday night, and we all get to start the week with a loss to the Portland Trailblazers. They defeated the Dallas Mavericks by the exact same number of points as they did on Saturday night, but this time they scored even more. It was 140 to 123. Luka Doncic missed this game due to pretty much injury management. Tim Hardaway missed the game due to an ankle sprain. The guys that we were told were maybe going to debut on the road trip, uh, Josh Green and Dorian Finney-Smith, still haven't suited up. Uh, and so Christian Wood played. Um, Christian Wood did play, which uh, kind of calls into question the entire Dallas Mavericks strategy for these two games, that if the, the decision was for um, Luka to sit one and for, for Wood to try to play the second one, why wouldn't they have caved last night? Uh, so instead they, they basically uh, split a pair of sevens and, you know, busted pretty embarrassing, but that's the Mavericks, uh, kind of MO at times, you know, uh, the basketball is not a linear progression with enough guys injured. They're always going to have an excuse as to what could be done better. And in that regard, it's, it was actually kind of an impressive fight for how many guys that were out. Uh, I told Josh in the recap show, one thing that I'm trying to take away that was like positive from this game. Uh, was Spencer Dinwiddie over the last three games remembering that he, yes, he can attack the rim. Uh, Drew lots of fouls tonight, so that was really nice, and hopefully that's something we get moving forward. So why don't we come up here, speak your piece, and uh, let's go to bed. Uh, First, I got my man Chris Haley. What's going on, Chris? Uh, Theo Pinson is pissing me off. That's what's happening here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what what the hell happened? It was one hundred six, one hundred three. Uh the yeah. the the Theo Pinson like 
really technical, stupid technical foul. Like <laughs> I, I tweeted, do you, do you remember, um, there was this incredible bowler. I can't remember the guy's name, but like he had some like ridiculous celebration years and years ago where he says, who do you think you are? I am. And that's how Theo Penson <laughs> lived. He's a guy who is just like, like, I, look, I got nothing against the guy, but that he's on the team when he was just like kind of a paid cheerleader. Like he was reckless and he didn't, he's not good. I don't like watching him. He's kind of like a, a, a poor man's Patrick Beverly top cheerleader on it, but he's going to be the future uh, leader of the Mavs maniacs in about 10 years. So just get rid of him. So. Yeah. And, and that was, things went not obviously not his fault, but it's just, yeah. The, the, the things loss went south right after that. It. Yeah. It was after that technical foul and just, uh, I mean, hats off to the trouble They were just hitting three after three. They shot 43 free throws. I mean, made 37 of them. So yeah. I mean, and, and that sort of speaks to something kid has mentioned on post games repeatedly. Like they just don't have the personnel to defend. And last night, Saturday night, they actually didn't foul that much, but tonight it was just a parade. You, you just, you can't do And, and until they figure something out, I'm really worried that the sort of, like the thing on um, teams scouting report is just attack the rim. Do not settle for anything. Attack the rim relentlessly. Yeah. And this last two games, this is the third most, most points that Mavs have ever given up and back to backs in franchise history. Yes. Yeah. That's all that on the graphic on Mavs live. And I'm not surprised. I mean, we gave up a hundred, what 40 tonight, what one thirty six last night. I mean, it just, Seven out of eight quarters, the the Portland Trailblazers scored 30-plus points. Yeah, and just listening to After Dark yesterday, what Josh was saying, I mean, all those games early in the year that we had a fully held team for a long time, for about at least first 25 games. I mean, we were playing around, you know, uh, losing those one, two-point games. It just it sucks because now we don't – I mean, we're still in the fifth spot, yeah, but there's a ton of teams right behind us. I mean, it, it don't take but maybe a five, six-game losing streak and – I mean, you're in the 11th, 12th spot. I mean, I just hope I'm glad we got a four game homestand come up. So that, that looks good. I mean, we play good at home. So they um, do. That's true. And they're, they're against a bunch of other teams that are sort of at, at crossroads of sorts. When, when the, the Hawks and the Heat are, let me see here. What are, what the, the Hawks and the Heat are, are sort of, oh, I don't want to, speak out of the one side of my mouth or not but yeah okay so so the heat are 24 and 20 right now the hawks are 21 and 22 like these are another set of teams that are in very similar situation to dallas to where the mavericks and and you know hopefully by having some some home court advantage can you know eke out a couple of wins because if if they were you know not to not to be like incredibly debbie downer but they've got to find a way to win some of these games. Otherwise they could just as quickly be in the 10th seed as they are in the fifth seed. Yeah. But these home court advantages, it's real this season for the Mavs. I mean, or really in the whole Western conference. I mean, the away team is the one that really loses for the most part. I, I don't know, but um, you know, one last thing, my, my concern is and I'm looking far ahead here that next year we might even be worse. That's correct. Because if we lose, on paper, if we lose yeah. Christian Wood, then we could be like, I, I just it's it's scary to think that how bad we could we could be much worse than what we are now. Um, I, God, I just hope it doesn't get to that point. Well, and I don't think it will. I mean, even even darkest timeline, Kirk is not there at that point. It's 
because they'll have all their draft picks. But I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of confused on what they can do from there. I guess you, you can well, I still, you know, I think they do something before the trade deadline. I, I don't Hope know so. what, and I don't know if it'll be a big deal, but if, if for example, like the Cleveland Cavaliers, if that's something where they are actually interested in Tim Hardaway Jr., then, you know, that that's going to open things up a little earlier for the Mavericks. They are, I'm trying to remember, they're not in luxury tax. They are over the salary cap. I think I've got that right. No, I'm I'm wrong about something, but it's like, they're they're in just a bit of a goofy position right now because again the the wood stuff is so very interesting where they they sort of I just I don't know what they do I I, I just don't know what they do um, I think that I think everyone has sort of balanced out where they were during the seven game win streak as far as your take on wood where my take is that I think he is a net positive. Yeah. But like his agent messaging everybody under the sun saying that he's the best player Luca has ever played with is an in, is an incorrect take is what I will say. Oh, yeah. What's going to suck is after the trade deadline if he's not extended then we're going to have to worry about this until Look, if, July, if, you know. Not I'm worried more about the process than I am the player because if if Christian Wood is what makes or breaks this team being bad versus good then they just have so many more problems. So. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, just sure. have to take a game at a time. Just, just home homestand or just win some games, and then they got to figure out this road thing. Yeah. So I don't know. Get some guys back healthy, and hopefully we'll, they'll ride the ship. So. All right, man. Talk soon. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Tyler, what's up, buddy? Kirk, what's up, man? Just, uh, you know, just enjoying the, the five-game road trip, which has made me feel a 1,000 years old. Yeah, I remember when it was. Uh, we were like, "Yeah, well, if they go, you know, two and three on the road trip, it'd be, yeah. it'd be nice." Yeah, those were the glory days. Well, I mean, they they had an opportunity. I, it's it's the margins in these losses versus the margins in these wins is is starting to make me a little bit uncomfortable here. Um, the Mavericks are flirting with a negative point differential on the season now. They're at a plus point four point differential despite being three games above 500 so what what that'll tell you your point differential it's like the pythagorean win expectation stuff where you know you're probably they're playing a bit over their heads on the season relative to their point differential but the west is not like the west is kind of a mess in this regard where Let's see here. Yeah, the Mavericks are the the they have the lowest positive point differential, but then like the Clippers, Golden State Warriors, and and Tim, Timberwolves are still in the negative, and and you know it's like only the Spurs are like masterfully tanking. So it's I don't know. There there's still an opportunity for them to to they're not in a tailspin or anything. They're just kind of in like a, a malaise at the moment. Yeah, they are, and you know. It, that kind of point differential, it's kind of like the uh, the football. I guess you're familiar with like DVOA, which like basically is like how good you are, you know, taking out a bunch of variables. With, and like the Vikings had a negative like point differential this year and were the three seed. And you, we saw that today, how that worked out. So yeah, it's just interesting to see that, uh, that that's the case. And to that point, that's why I just put in a little wager on the Mavs to uh, be a play-in team, plus 320. Sure. That's a good bet. I mean, I mean, it's such a toss up. Like what anybody with this many games like to go feels positive about any team outside of perhaps 
I would say the Pelicans. I mean, the Grizzlies have the biggest win win differential, but I just I, I can't shake their their I can't shake how much I feel like the Grizzlies are not it. Denver's Denver's my team out of the West. I think so too. Denver is so good with Jokic, and you got to think that Murray and you know eventually maybe Porter will be healthy and be able to contribute at a high level in the playoffs. Finally, he's a weirdo though. It's just Jokic. That's yeah. all it is for me. Jokic, yeah, pretty much. Jokic or bust. Well, and you know the other thing, and I was just looking at the standings after the game. The Mavs are closer to twelfth in the standings than they are to third. <laughs> but that's more of an instance of the standings than it is real. You know what I mean? Like it's it's right. It's more of an indictment of everybody around you rather than you. Like they're still only three games back from the third seed versus the <laughs> versus what you're talking about, where it's like the Lakers are. The four games ahead of the Lakers, who are 13th. And two and a half out back of the suddenly hot Thunder. I mean, they're good. I, I don't feel bad the about is losing. So good. I don't feel bad about losing to them now. I feel like they're really good. Until, you know, Presti will pull something out in the second half of the season where Shea's out with, you know, sure. mysterious back spasms to go get Wimby, and then they're, then we're really screwed with the Thunder. But that's a, that's a whole different story. Well, man, thanks for coming up. You got anything else? No, hopefully next time we talk, it's a little bit more positive. I know. I'd like a win. I'd like a win. All right. Yeah, we'll talk too. soon. See you later. Okay. We got Krishna. Then we, we might be done for the night because it doesn't seem like anybody's got much to say. What's going on, my guy? Kirk, how are you? Tired. This uh, this road trip is not for me. It's not for West but that's okay. Yeah, West Coast. It's It's brutal. I mean – you talked about it. it. It makes no sense to me if, you know, maybe they didn't know Christian Wood was going to come back for this game, but it seems like they kind of did. And then it makes no sense why you wouldn't sit Luca for the first game then. I, that's just puzzling, but it's nothing new, I guess, from this team. Well, does Josh, Josh Bo thinks that, that they, the, the organizational belief is that they're better than they are. I don't know why yeah, they have to, like, they, like they're not one game with Luca. Why the hell would they think they could go be Dame without? It, Luka it's kind, of, it's kind of why I think they need to like get humbled. And I, I, I want the Thunder to be better than the Mavericks. And that's that sounds like harsh, but unless like they get slapped in the face like that, it's not going to happen. And I don't know if it will. Well, I think they're, it. I think they're too good to be like a lottery team, but. I think in terms of team building, as we sort of touched on it tonight, them getting a, a young asset that can play or that they could trade is more important than whatever they were to piddle around and do this year. But I just I understand why no one why why that's probably not a popular opinion. No, I I've been on that train with you. You know, when we were talking even before the seven game win streak, my opinion was never full tank just because I don't Right. You know, like one, it's not really possible because, you know, organizations tank, players don't, and, and Luca's too good for that. But you do need to do a reset on just who your players are. Uh, you just need to get younger. You know, I, you know, I look at something like the Warriors. The Warriors are kind of similar in the sense I feel like the Warriors look at themselves and maybe think they're better than they are. And maybe you take advantage of that. You say, hey, like, you want Reggie, you want Tim, like, give us Jonathan Kaminga. Yeah. Like, it, things like that or you know you go to a team and you get an expiring and you get a young player along with it like you 
but my issue is I just know that this team is not going to do that because they, like you said, they think they're better than they are. And it's just a frustrating historically organizational thing, right? Like there's nothing that's going to change that until, unless ownership changes. And I think that's, it's depressing to think about, but it's kind of just the reality. Well, you know, they pulled a rabbit out of their, their hat at the last trade deadline. And I think I'm trying to remember the feelings of this team when that happened, because the the vast majority of people were not happy that we traded wood that I, there was 900 people in this room, not wood that we traded um, Porzingis. Most people were like, what are we doing? And then that worked out just fine. So it's, it's as, as critical as I get in the macro, some of the micro stuff, I still have to sort of throw my hands up and say, I don't, I don't understand what's going on. Yeah. Like the, the rotation minutes, they make absolutely zero sense to me. Like I, this is kind of not really relevant, but you know, you cut Tyler Dorsey and then you put AJ Lawson on a two way, but then you don't play AJ. Who is better than Pinson. Yeah. But you play Theo Pinson. Like, okay. You don't play AJ Lawson two games. Like, okay, fine. Like maybe you want to get him adjusted to it, but you know, I'm not sitting here saying AJ Lawson will be the difference. Like, you're going to win games. But, like, isn't the point of putting AJ Lawson on a two-way instead of Tyler Dorsey that you felt like he could at least be okay during injury times instead of Theo Penson? Like, that's what's so puzzling and confusing. And, you know, I think it was yesterday, yesterday I tweeted, like, some of these injuries kind of have to fall on Kit. Like, his rotations and some of the minutes he's playing these guys just – have not made any sense. Like I think probably the only injury that's really just kind of a, a fluke injury is the Josh Green one, but it, it's still like these guys are not. Which we don't even know what happened to him. Like we still don't know. It's like he has an elbow injury. What does that mean? Well, from from what I've heard, and like is that he was tangled up with uh, Grayson Allen, mm. and Allen kind of pulled his arm, and he said he like felt something, but he played the rest of the game, and then after the game. He, they got yep. it scanned. So, at, you know, at this point, he's missed 20 games, Kirk. That's a lot of games. That's almost half the season. Like, yeah. it's. No, and it's like, worrying. He's I, I, grown so much in our minds where everyone's like, oh, Josh Green gets back. When Josh. <laughs> I, I mean, okay, this is so funny. I was on. So, like, on Twitter, they recommend, like, videos and stuff, like, on your trending. And one of the first videos was a, a Josh Green compilation of this past, like just this like first twenty games of the season, and it was like I miss Josh Green. I'm like, bro, we are we're, we're actually so down. Like, this is how bad the team is. It's not anything against Josh Green. I'm a supporter of Josh Green. I think he's a good player, but it it clearly shows how talent deprivated this team is that a guy like Josh Green being gone for 20 games is, is such a serious issue. Well, I mean, I, I, I talked a little bit about this with Josh last night. And I, when you think about how many rotation guys, so if Maxi uh, Green and uh, Dorian Finney-Smith have each missed a lot of games, it is not a small number of games when you go look. It's, it's been at least 12 for each one of them. Uh, up to 20 for Josh, who I think is, is at the longest and Maxi. Cause you know, I, I just, I don't want to believe anything about Maxi. It's like, Oh, he might be back in March. I'm like, his hamstring operated on what are we talking about? But in that regard, the fact that they played how they played, even though they've, they've gotten kind of on a lucky schedule streak is pretty impressive. I just, I don't see light at the end of the tunnel. I just sort of see this being a slog. Now I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. 
No, I, I, I agree. I don't disagree with you on that point. I mean, like, I think Josh tweeted about it yesterday, but the 13 and 13 stretch now looks even worse yep. because these injuries are brutal and you don't have an excuse because you're a healthy th- team. You could have played this style of basketball when you were a healthy, healthy team then. And yep. now with injuries, it just makes it worse. And it's kind of tough to see where this team goes. And it, it's also kind of one of the things where I, I don't want to fully blame the players because you know how much you know players aren't the ones creating the roster. They don't create the rotation. Right. That's and exactly right. It's why it makes me mad when Jason Kidd says stupid stuff like we need to find guys minutes. Like, like what are you talking about? I Do think you know what- he so Theo going in first makes me mad. I think the number of minutes that and the situations they're trying to put Hardy in are advantageous to Hardy's development. I, a, I think that's true now. It was not true at the beginning. Of the but that, that's why you got to roll it. Like you have to see what people do in chunks. He's not going to come out and play 10 minutes a game every game. If you divide the season up into quarters and you see that his minutes are rising every 10 to 15 or 20 games, which has been the case, I think that's something to root for. Because if the Mavericks were to get like the sixth seed or fourth seed, they're going to need him to do something. That will mean that he has been of value. Now, you're going to say, oh, he could have been playing the whole time. It's just uh, Hardy's raw. No, I, like Hardy has a lot I, of stuff he's got to improve on. I No, I agree with you. I'm not – I'm like I'm very high on Hardy. Like I think he does have potential, but I'm also not – Yeah. So uh, I don't want to say I'm so like – because this talent, like we talked about, this team is so talent-deprived that when we get Hardy, who's like even worthy of being a top 15 pick, like – we're all just like drooling because we've never had anyone like this, arguably. And, you know, the history suggests that Hardy is going to struggle this entire season. Like he had a good game tonight, but like he also went three of 10 from three. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's, I wrote about this because I've seen, we've seen him shoot. I've seen him shoot to feel good enough about his shot. You know, it, if one more of those threes drop, does it change how you feel about his game? No, no, no. And, of what and, we think of statistics, for me, it does. It no. goes from being and eh, to being wow. <laughs> That's true. I mean, like you make two more threes, you're like wow, right? It's like it's like yeah, it's kind of. And like, that's like a playing the percentages thing, which isn't fair to him yeah. because overall, I but, think we all agree, you you included, like he had a good game. Yeah, and I, it's not what I. Did it cut off your internet or did you mute yourself? Sorry, it, uh, it muted me for some reason. Um, I think one of the things you talked about was like, is he going to continue to be turnover prone? And it's good. Like he didn't have any turnovers tonight, which that's a positive. And I, my my feeling was this is kind of a year where he just has to actually adjust to playing in the NBA. Like he has to adjust to playing at a level that's higher than he just played in. And that's, I think, reasonable. And, and it kind of sucks that he's in a position where – the team is so talent deprived and now it's also injury riddled where he's going to have to essentially learn in a pressured situation yep. and maybe he can do it. Maybe he can. I, I don't know. We'll see. But like you say, it's tough to see where this team goes. It's kind of why I've been like, I know we talked about trading Tim to the Cavs and I've kind of been like, you can trade him, but like is Karis Levert, the kind of player you need, like a no. 30 year old. <laughs> He's really not. He changes the makeup of the team a great deal. Yeah. Like I, 
makes sense to me. I, honestly, I know Isaac Okoro is not like a positive player, but like, just why don't you just take a flyer on Isaac Okoro at that point? Like, if you're going to trade for Karis LeVert, like, yeah, why not? Like, because at least Isaac Okoro is a plus defender. Like, he's not a good shooter at all. His offense is basically non-existent. But, you know, at that point, I would rather have Isaac Okoro on a rookie deal, smaller scale, and who has something rather than Karis LeVert, who is injury prone and, you know, 30 plus at this point. And that's kind of my feeling is, you know, I'd rather go for guys who are like, like we've talked about how the Mavericks have gone for like, I'd call reclamation projects or, you know, yeah. uh, net negative assets and, you know, guys like Burton, but what makes it more frustrating for me is that it's not, it, I'm okay with doing that, but it's also like you have, to, I wish they were younger. Right. I look at yep. guys like a Rui Hachimura or a, or a Denny Avdia or like a Moses Moody or a Jonathan Kaminga, you know, they have problems. Like I'm not going to sit here and say they're the perfect player. Like they're just going to come into the team and fix anything, but uh, they're reclamation players that I feel would make more sense just because they're younger and you, you need to make this timeline younger. You know, this is not like, you're not the Warriors. You're not a two timeline team. Like right. you need to just, you just need to make this, like a younger team overall. Who knows if they'll do it, man. Well, thank you for. Yeah. That's the thing. Out with us. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, everyone has a good night and we'll see if it gets better. I think I'm, you know, I'm glad like the Hawks, like, man, beating like, the, the Hawks, Hawks is, is, is something that pleases me. The the Hawks, like that is too much talent to be that bad. That you is know? too much. Cause Trey be young is actually the problem. Did you, there was a shot he took in the Pacers uh, yeah. game the other night. Oh my God! He took that three point from half with the two guys charging him with like eight seconds left on the shot clock. I've never seen anything like that. And then, and then Murray, I didn't hate Murray's shot, but then the fact that like it took three players to get a shot, game winning shot, like that is that is bad. Like I, I I remember like all the talk, like oh Trey Young, like this is a win win. Like how is this a win win? Nope. As soon as that that talk's all gone quiet. It's lovely. As soon as you traded Cam Reddish, like that was basically just saying that, you know, your team is bad. And the Hawks are kind of worse because they traded Kevin Herter and now Kevin Herter is like, was he was like a he was like a key to what they did. And because he's a great three point shooter and a great movement player. Yep. Um and I, I think from what I heard it was kind of just a cap situation yep. because they're gonna have well, like to pay DeShante. The the like the, the owner's son who's like a 27 year old version, like guy like us is like running the team. Like thank, I, every now and again, I'm grateful to have like the, it's, like the devil I know doing stuff as opposed to the <laughs> devil. I don't, you know, it's like, it's so weird because like even some of the cheap stake owners, like, okay, like the nuggets, Sam Kroenke, like generally is a very like, no, he just doesn't he, care. He, like he doesn't, he doesn't care, care because, because he he's owns so three rich. teams. He yeah. owns three teams. He owns the Rams. He owns Arsenal in the Premier League, and he owns the Nuggets. Yeah, the Nuggets and, are like a cute little I don't give a shit about them kind of thing. I mean, exactly. He didn't pay Sam Ujiri, and he was just like oh, Masai Ujiri, and he was like, okay, just go to Toronto, I guess. Well, he I know. No, same with Tim Conley. Yeah, it, okay, there was both I, I money. Tim I know Conley, that for a fact. Tim Conley might have just made the worst trade in NBA history. Ooh, so. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe it's not so bad, but it's so puzzling. Like, you have literally the best player in, on your team. Also, your TV rights are an absolute mess. Um, not that the Mavericks are here, but it's it's so funny to how many it's not like NBA owners are that different, but I, I always forget to mention this. Um, 
the one of the Dodgers co-owners and now a co-owner of Chelsea, you know, he kind of, when he was buying Chelsea, this football club in, in England, he was mentioning how his goal is to have the smartest players he can or smartest people he can running the team. So he has to do absolutely nothing. And I feel like far too many times with Mark is, I think the prime example of this, but far too many times, like, you're so egotistical and you're so like, you want to prove that for some reason, like you're rich. And so like, you need to prove that it's, it's you're like, you need to validate yourself for being rich. So you try to do these things when the reality is, if you want to validate yourself, like hire people that are smarter than you and better than you and do the right thing. Like I think about, you know, I think Toronto and Boston are like the prime examples of that. Like, yeah, maybe those owners think some some of the same things as Cuban, but you never hear about those owners, you know, undermining like Masai Ujiri or undermining the the Boston like hierarchy. And I think I personally think unless that changes, which I don't think it ever will under this ownership, this team is kind of going to always be in the same place, and it's it's always going to fail upwards, right? And I guess that's okay, but it's kind of frustrating that we have to rely on that instead of you know, making decisions for ourselves. Sure. Well, thank you once again for hanging out, friend. Yeah, hopefully I didn't keep anyone too long, and hopefully everyone has a good night and gets some good rest. All right, talk soon. Yeah. Good podcasting. Not even going to edit out my own yawn. That's how lethargic I'm feeling tonight. All right, friendos. We'll be back here on Wednesday when they play. So they play 6.30 Wednesday, 6.30 Friday, which is beautiful. Then they play an early game Sunday night, early game Tuesday. So it's after the kind of glut of, of Mavs games we've seen since the start of December 1st. We get a couple days off. It's going to be nice. Everybody take advantage. Watch some non-sports. Maybe, you know, if you're a Cowboys fan and enjoy or maybe agonize over that, uh, watch The Last of Us on HBO. That was uh, quite the premiere. That was something. Um, all right. Thanks for hanging out with us. I always appreciate you guys. We'll, we'll talk soon. Everyone be good. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.